This is First News on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 68 degrees at 604. Once again, the, it feels like more humid and more warm because of the dew point that is in the 60s, which makes it feel like it's pretty much close to tropical. Right now, the dew point is at 62. 68 degrees right now and just a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms through about early afternoon. Mostly sunny today and a high in the mid-80s. But the National Weather Service is cautioning residents all over the Twin Tiers in central New York that the heat is expected to be back in a couple days along with high humidity making for potentially health-threatening conditions. NOAA says highs for Binghamton on Thursday could reach the mid-90s with a low to mid-90s predicted for Shenango County. Combined with humidity, it could feel like close to 100 degrees. According to a hazardous weather outlook issued by the National Weather Service office this morning, the forecasters say they expect to issue heat advisories later on as the heat and humidity build again in the region. When temperatures get extremely hot, the danger of heat exhaustion and heat strokes are also elevated. Health officials caution that heat-related illness is a real emergency and medical attention should be sought for anyone showing signs of heat exhaustion or heat stroke. Heat stroke can be fatal. On the other hand, during the last hot spell, the Broome County health officials encouraged people to only seek out hospital emergency departments in a real heat emergency, not just as a place to cool off. There are several areas residents who lack air conditioning can go to get cool, including public libraries, senior centers, and stores. Time outside should be limited, and anyone who has to work outdoors should pace themselves, do most of their exertion in the early morning or evening hours, stay hydrated, and take frequent breaks in the shade or in air conditioning. The New York State Department of Environmental Conservation has issued a drought watch for 21 counties. Among those counties that have been put under that drought watch are Tompkins, Chemung, and Onondaga counties. Broom, Shenango, Cortland, Delaware, and Tioga counties are not in the watch area in spite of the summer dryness. The DEC is encouraging residents in the watch areas to conserve water resources wherever possible during the dry spell. That can include limiting the amount of times lawns are watered, raising the cutting heights on lawnmowers to allow grass to grow longer, using collected water from rain, dehumidifiers, and air conditioners to water plants, cleaning driveways with a broom instead of a hose, and fixing leaking pipes, hoses, and faucets to make sure no water is going to waste. The drought water it was triggered after comparing a number of water level measures to past averages, including precipitation, reservoir and lake levels, stream flow, and groundwater levels. Recent rains have not been enough to put a dent in the water deficit. WMBF First News Time 607. A Bainbridge woman and dog are dead following a crash over the weekend in Delaware County. New York State Police say the name of the 58-year-old woman killed in the single vehicle crash in the town of Sydney has not been released. The woman's vehicle was traveling on Parker Hollow Road, about a half mile north of Sunshine Mountain Road, at a little after 7 on Sunday night when it left the road, hit a tree, and burst into flames. Troopers say the vehicle was traveling north when it left the roadway for unknown reasons. Both the deceased woman and dog were found at the scene. The investigation is continuing, and more information regarding the identity of the woman may be released pending notification of family. 
WMBF First News Time 608. Communities around Broome County are getting together to demonstrate resolve against crime tonight. National Night Out activities are planned at several locations with activities including food and music. In the city of Binghamton, families are encouraged to gather between 5 and 8 p.m. at Recreation Park on the west side, Fairview Park, and at Sherry Lindsay Park. In Johnson City, National Night Out activities with creative artists, games, music, free snacks, and giveaways will be at the Shore Family Firehouse stage from 5.30 until 7.30 p.m. Endicott's activities will be at Park Street in Endicott, across from the police station from 6 until 8 p.m. In addition to promoting police and community partnerships and better relations, Residents are provided with information on improving their neighborhoods to protect against crime. Now, at the National Night Out event at Sherry Lindsay Park in Binghamton, the Broome County Health Department will be on site to provide COVID-19 vaccines and the Pfizer pediatric COVID booster shot for children ages 5 to 11. By the way, National Night Out began in 1984 with a request that neighbors just turn on their porch lights for the night as a signal to the criminal element that illegal activities would not be tolerated as citizens stepped up to take back the night. It's 6.09 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Cashback is. Good morning on this Tuesday, August 2nd. You're listening to WNBF's First News. Myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Time for a traffic and weather update. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen on August 4th, just in time for Speedy Fest here in Binghamton. Prior to reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. And those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That work started yesterday, and project should be completed by Monday, August 8th. A signed detour route will be in place. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. 
Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. There's going to be some cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 68 degrees, 81% humidity. Today a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 84 degrees, chance of rain 20%. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 58. Tomorrow patchy fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 89. Tomorrow night mostly clear, a low around 68 degrees. Thursday, Chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny and hot with a high near 96. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Chance of rain is 50%. Thursday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms before 8 p.m. Then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. Then chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy, a low around 69 degrees, 60% chance of rain. It's 614. You're listening to WMBF. on WMBF. Time for a big sports update and a big night of baseball as the trade deadline quickly approaches here. Yesterday, Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor homered. Max Scherzer defeated his former team and the New York Mets beat the Washington Nationals 7-3 for their seventh consecutive victory on the eve of ace Jacob deGrom's season debut. Washington slugger Juan Soto homered off Scherzer in what could be his final game with the Nationals. Soto, who walked in his other three plate appearances, is perhaps the biggest star who could be dealt before Tuesday's trade deadline. The first place Mets could acquire some more pieces, but their biggest addition will likely be DeGrom, returning from the IL. The two-time NL Cy Young award winner, shut down in spring training with a stress reaction in his right scapula, has not pitched in the majors since July 2021, and will come off the injured list on Tuesday. Now, speaking of Juan Soto... This is the big day for him, to find out if he's going to be a Washington National for the rest of the year, or if he's going to be traded to another team that will likely extend him to a massive contract. Now, you simply don't trade for Juan Soto at this point of the season, expecting him to only run out the two and a half years he has left on his contract. If you're trading for Juan Soto and you're giving up that prospect haul it's going to take to get him, well, you're probably expecting that, yeah, we can sign him to an extension. We'll, we're willing to pay him that $500 million extension that he's looking for. Now, the Padres have been heavily involved in the Juan Soto trade packages. They made some trades yesterday. They acquired Josh Hader from the Milwaukee Brewers, sent back Taylor Rogers along with some prospects, some good prospects. But it doesn't take them out of the hunt for Juan Soda, they also extended Joe Musgrove to a five-year, $100 million contract, which was great for Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove threw the first no-hitter in San Diego Padres history, the San Diego kid. He grew up there. So a nice story there. Now, the Padres are still in the best position out of any team to trade for Juan Soto, as they didn't give up any of the prospects that have been linked to Juan Soto in a trade proposal. 
so far. One roadblock they've run into is the injury to Mackenzie Gore, who's likely out for the rest of the season. Probably would have been a big piece in that Juan Soto trade, but he has a lot of team control left, so if the Nationals feel comfortable that they can rehab Mackenzie Gore properly and have him come back and pitch for them in the near future, well, he's still an attractive piece for them. Now, at this point, I would assume that Juan Soto is either traded to the Padres or nobody. The Washington Nationals, of course, have the right to just wait until the offseason and see if they can get a better deal then if they're not liking what they're seeing now. The Yankees also could still be in the mix. They made some trades yesterday. They beat Seattle 7-2 yesterday, got home runs from Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge, and Jose Trevino. Yesterday made trades trades for Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino, as well as Scott Efros from the Chicago Cubs. Now, Scott Efros is going to be one of those guys where once Matt Blake gets his hands on him, you see, oh, wow, this guy's actually a very good high-leverage reliever. We just didn't see it in Chicago. He's having a good year for Chicago at a 266 ERA in 47 games this year. Still five years of club control. Yankees gave up Hayden Wesneski for him in the deal, a guy who would have had to have been protected on the 40-man roster or fall victim to the Rule 5 draft. Essentially a safety net for prospects so that they can't just be stored in the system forever. If you are in the minor league system for too long, Major League Baseball says to a team, okay, well, you either need to put this guy on your 40-man roster, pay him a Major League salary, or he's going to be Rule 5 draft eligible. Now, that draft, when it takes place, is essentially a team's chance to steal a not a great prospect, not a guy that the Yankees would probably have put on the 40-man roster, which is why they dealt him in this trade, but someone who still has potential, and the team that trades for him, in this case the Chicago Cubs, if they were to have drafted him in the Rule 5 draft, he would have needed to be on the roster for the entirety of the season. Otherwise, he would be returned to the New York Yankees. We've seen that happen before. That's a good pickup for the Yankees, but it's not the headline news. The headline news, news is Frankie Montas, a starting pitcher. They're hoping for Montas to become the second guy in the rotation behind Garrett Cole. After we've run into, into some problems with Luis Severino's health yet again, Montas having a good season, a 3-1-8 ERA in 19 games. 109 strikeouts and 104 innings pitched. Does okay in strikeouts, gets a pretty average amount of strikeouts, but doesn't walk very many batters, only a 6.6% walk rate. Lots of ground balls from Frankie Montas, a guy that the Yankees were interested in this past offseason. Didn't make a deal for him, got the sense that they were more interested in Sean Manaya, who was eventually traded to the San Diego Padres in the offseason. But now with half a season left, the asking price for Montas came down a little bit. Eventually, they had asked the Yankees to structure a deal around Oswald Peraza, who was reportedly involved in the Luis Castillo trade, too, before the Mariners outbid the Yankees for him. But no Peraza trade. Peraza was not involved in the deal. Going the other way, two big names are left-handed pitcher Ken Waldachuk and right-hander Luis Medina. Two guys that I liked a lot. Luis Medina, an easy 100-mile-per-hour fastball. I watched him pitch in the Dominican League a couple years ago, and what struck me was that he had some of the most dominant stuff I'd ever seen, but he just had no idea where it was going. 
So if Oakland can turn him into a starting pitcher and teach him some command, he could be a very effective starting pitcher for them. Otherwise, he's going to be a really effective reliever for them. And he, he'll be able to air it out, maybe get up to 102-103 with the fastball and only one inning of work. He doesn't have to worry about stretching it out over five or six innings. So I think a solid return for Oakland in the trade. Obviously, Montas is a very good established Major League starting pitcher. Should certainly help the Yankees down the stretch as they try to manage Nestor Cortez Jr.'s workload. He's never pitched this much in a season before. Mostly a reliever in his time in Major League Baseball, but this year turned into an all-star starter. The other part of that deal, Lou Trevino, is kind of a wild card that the Yankees have picked up. Does give up a lot of walks, but also gets a lot of swing and miss, so I'd assume that the Yankees see something where they can limit those walks that Trevino gives up. Having a pretty poor season, a 6.47 ERA in 39 games, but 45 strikeouts in 32 innings. So it's kind of an all-or-nothing thing with Lou Trevino. At this point, I would almost consider the Yankees out on Juan Soto. They still have the prospect capital to work a deal around Soto, which would likely include Glaber Torres, Anthony Volpe, Peraza, and Jason Dominguez. But we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the day. I still think the Padres are the favorites to get Juan Soto in a trade. As they simply have a stockpile of prospects and a willingness to trade those prospects clearly. Padres not shy about going for it all. Also not shy about spending money. They just handed out that massive contract extension to Fernando Tatis Jr. this past offseason, over $300 million. I think the final deal was 350 for 13 years, something along those lines. Juan Soto would likely get a lot more than that. But even if the Padres weren't to sign Juan Soto to that long-term extension, you'd get two years of Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, and Manny Machado in the same lineup. pretty good deal for the San Diego Padres. 6.24 on WMBF. That's time for Wall Street Now. From ABC News, Wall Street Now. Stocks fall to start the month of August. The Dow gave up 47 points. The Nasdaq closed down 22 and the S&P fell 12. The drop follows a solid rally for stocks in July, making it the best month for the market since November of 2020. Retailers and consumer makers had solid gains, offsetting losses elsewhere in the markets. This is going to be another busy week for corporate earnings. Aflac, EA Arts, JetBlue, Allstate, and Eli Lilly are among the companies that will be reporting this week. The FAA is reportedly giving Boeing the green light to resume deliveries of its 787 Dreamliner soon. The company had been forced to stop deliveries of the jet for most of the last two years because of production problems. The regulators recently told Boeing that it will begin to approve the company's process to validate retrofits to every plane. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Even though people... Six twenty-six on WMBF. Time for another check on traffic and weather. 
New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen on August 4th, just in time for Speedy Fest in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour, utilizing I-81 to Exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed, and a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That work started yesterday and the project should be completed by Monday, August 8th. A signed detour route will be in place. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. Cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecasts for downtown Binghamton. Right now, about 68 degrees overcast, 81% humidity. Today, a slight chance of showers before 8 a.m., then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., and a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m., mostly sunny with a high near 79 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 84. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy, a low around 67. Thursday, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 90, 60% chance of rain. Thursday night, showers and thunderstorms likely before 11 p.m., then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., and then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m., Mostly cloudy with a low around 68 and a 60% chance of rain. At 6.30, you're listening to WMBF. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It is 68 degrees at 6.32. Forecast for today, just a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms through the early afternoon hours, otherwise mostly sunny today and a high in the mid-80s. President Joe Biden has announced that al-Qaeda leader Alman Azawari was killed in a U.S. drone strike in Kabul. Biden is hailing the operation as delivering justice while expressing hope that it brings one more measure of closure to families of the victims of the September 11th, 2001 terror attacks on the United States. The president said in a Monday 
Monday evening address from the White House that U.S. intelligence officials had tracked al-Zawari to a home in downtown Kabul where he was hiding out with his family. The president approved the operation last week and it was carried out on Sunday. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi continues her Asia trip and it appears she is going to make a controversial stop in Taiwan. It's not on her official itinerary, but as Pelosi arrived in Malaysia for the second leg of her Asia trip, local media in Taiwan report that Pelosi is expected to land there Tuesday night, despite warnings from China that it would, quote, never sit idly by if Pelosi goes through with a visit to Taiwan, which China claims as its own. Pelosi would be the highest ranking U.S. elected official to visit there in 25 years. The Biden administration has said that any provocation would be on Beijing and that the U.S. military is prepared to respond if needed. Mark Remillard, ABC News. WMBF First News Time, 6.33. According to Broome County Court documents, the trial is scheduled to get underway today for a Colesville man accused of shooting and wounding a New York State trooper who had been responding to a suspicious person report in June of last year. 34-year-old Jason Johnson had been charged with two counts of felony attempted murder in the first degree in the shooting of Trooper Becky Seeger on West Windsor Road on the evening of June 9th of 2021. One, according to New York State Police accounts from the incident, the authorities were called for a check the welfare request and a report of a suspicious person in the area of West Windsor Road and Thornhill Road at around 8.30 p.m. on June 9th. As troopers were on the scene, Trooper Seeger was shot in the hip area, while a second trooper sustained shrapnel injuries during the gunfire exchange with a suspect who opened fire in the encounter. Investigators say Johnson fled the scene and became the center of a massive manhunt in northeastern Broome County that lasted about 21 hours. Acting on one of many tips to the authorities, troopers were able to find Johnson along the banks of the Susquehanna River off Route 79 in Colesville at about 4.40 p.m. on June 10th. Johnson was taken into custody without further incident. He has been held in the Broome County Jail without bail. Trooper Seeger was released from Wilson Memorial Regional Medical Center days after the shooting, but has been in a long recovery. Fire investigators are looking into the cause of a midday blaze yesterday that reportedly destroyed an unoccupied house in the town of Richford. Firefighters from over a half dozen departments were called to Rockefeller Road between Chwalik Road and Sears Road shortly after 11 a.m. There were no injuries. Firefighters from nine departments were called to the scene and found the house fully engulfed in flames. Real estate listings describe the structure as a two-bedroom, two-bathroom, single-family home that is not currently on the market. The building is located at the edge of the Griggs Gulf State Forest. Fire officials have not indicated how they start the the fire is thought to have started. Media accounts indicate there had been another fire at a vacant property in the town recently. That earlier fire had been a little over a week earlier on Sunday, July 24th. A veteran police officer shot to death in Rochester as he sat in a parked police vehicle has been remembered as a devoted husband, father, and officer. The funeral for Anthony Mazaruski drew officers and elected officials from around the region. Flags in New York State were lowered to half-staff over the weekend to honor the Rochester police officer. 
Mazaruski was a 29-year member of the Rochester Police Department. He was in an unmarked vehicle with an officer, Sino Sang, late on July 21st when 17 rounds were fired into the vehicle from behind in what police describe as an ambush. Sang and a 15-year-old girl in a nearby house were wounded. The killing happened on the same day that Rochester's mayor declared a state of emergency over gun violence in that mid-sized city. The man charged in the slaying, Kelvin Vickers, was found hiding in the crawl space of a vacant house about an hour after the shooting. Vickers, who was recently released from prison in Massachusetts, has pleaded not guilty and is being held without bail. Prosecutors have not offered a possible motive for the shooting. It's 637, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. First. on WMBF. You're listening to First News. Myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. And this is one of my favorite days of the year. It's trade deadline day in Major League Baseball. Now, I'm sure if you're listening right now and if you were listening at the top of the hour, you could probably tell I'm a pretty big baseball fan. And did work in baseball for about four years before coming here to Binghamton. And this is one of those days, trade deadline day, as well as winter meetings day in the winter. I have to call up the office most of the time. Not here. I would never do that to the people of Binghamton. But when I was working back in the law field, I called the office and say, I'm sick today. I can't, can't come in. Can't come in. And just sit there scrolling Twitter all day to see who was getting traded where, how that affected the team, what the prospect packages look like. So today is like today's like my Christmas. It was a pretty slow trade deadline too until yesterday when all of a sudden the floodgates broke. I'm still waiting for the big Juan Soto trade to happen. Now I may or may not have worn my Padres hat to the studio today in an effort to will that into existence. Juan Soto to the Padres. I want that very bad. That would be my favorite trade of the day. It seems like the Mets aren't really going to do anything at the trade deadline. I'm still looking for them to add a couple more middle relievers, not high leverage guys at least. I also still have David Bednar circled for them from the Pittsburgh Pirates, their closer. I have him circled for the eighth inning role for the New York Mets. As I've seen a time or two, what happens to Adam Adovino when we get to September and October? Eventually he runs out of steam. But yesterday the floodgates broke and we had some pretty huge trades, especially minor league or major league for major league trades. The Padres trading their closer, Taylor Rogers, for the Brewers closer, Josh Hader, along with some prospects going to the Brewers in that trade. And the Yankees, of course, making the big Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino trade, as well as the Zach Efros trade, which knowing the Yankees at this point next year. We're going to be looking back at this trade deadline and say, wow, I can't believe the Yankees got Scott Efros from the Cubs. Obviously the biggest trade deadline acquisition that was ever made. Who's Frankie Montas? I don't even remember who Frankie Montas is. That's just how it goes in New York. They do have a a great knack for finding these guys, like Clay Holmes, like, well, maybe not so much Wandy Peralta this year. Wandy Peralta's been okay this year. Last year, he was a lot better. 
about Clay Holmes, Ron Marinaccio, who just came off a 19-inning scoreless streak and 56 consecutive batters retired. Yankees are good at turning these guys from basically no-name relievers into elite, high-leverage, all-star caliber relievers. So I'm excited to see what they can do with Lou Trevino from the Oakland Athletics. I'm not expecting too much. At this point in his career, Trevino has been around the block a time or two. He's played five years in Major League Baseball already, already age 30, so how much more can you really trade or really change with Lou Trevino? And the underlying numbers don't really love Trevino, but the Yankees obviously see something that they can fix. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made that trade that sent Waldachuk and Medina over the A's. I know they really loved Waldachuk. That was a guy who consistently rose through the prospect ranks for the Yankees year after year. Those are the guys that they really like. You know, not the top overall draft picks, but the guys who every year they get a little bit better and a little bit better and they figure it out a little bit more. And they get to the major leagues and you say, wow, I can't believe that nobody else drafted this guy in the first 10 rounds of the draft. How could they miss on a guy like Ken Waldachuk? I actually don't even know when Ken Waldachuk was drafted. Maybe he was a first-round draft pick. It's hard to pay attention to the MLB draft because even the top overall prospects, when you get your, your number one overall pick, say it's a college guy. Yeah, Waldachuk was drafted by the Yankees in the fifth round of the 2019 draft. So four rounds went by. But even when you draft a top overall college prospect, say the Texas Rangers with Jack Leiter last year, well, Jack Leiter lit the baseball world on fire at Vanderbilt. and still going to be a solid two years before you see him in Major League Baseball. Maybe next year. Maybe next year you'll see some Jack Leiter in the Major Leagues. The son of Al Leiter, of course. Then I imagine when Jack Leiter finally does make his Texas Rangers debut, his old Vanderbilt running mate, Kumar Rocker, won't be that far behind. And hopefully the Mets don't regret trying to lowball Kumar Rocker when they drafted him 10th overall last year. Didn't give him the slot value for that position. Tried to sign him to a lower deal because of his medical situation in his arm. But Rocker turned that deal down, went back, pitched independent league baseball this past year, got drafted even higher, got an even bigger signing bonus. So good for him. Bet on himself and won. Doesn't always happen in baseball. Yeah, today is today's like Christmas, and I'm still I'm waiting for Juan Soto. That's it. Juan Soto, that's the one big domino that has left to fall. Luis Castillo's been traded to the Mariners, Frankie Montas to the A's. The Red Sox got Tommy Pham, and I can't wait until Bob gets in the studio today so I can laugh at him being the Red Sox fan he is. Tommy Pham stinks. Tommy Pham stinks. And the Red Sox not really in full sell mode, but also trying to move JD Martinez today. So not exactly trying to compete either. If the Red Sox were to move J.D. Martinez today and get a team to take on his entire contract, about $7 million left owed on that contract this season for J.D. Martinez, well, and they'd sneak under the luxury tax this year. And you might see him go crazy in free agency in the offseason. Regardless, it's a fun day if you're a baseball fan. 
And the worst day, for me personally, will be the end of the World Series when I have to go back. Uh, I guess I have to talk about football and basketball now. Whatever. Not my favorite day. Not my favorite day of the year. 6.45, you're listening to WMBF. Almost three. Six forty-seven on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the exit five ramp from southbound Interstate eighty-one to U.S. Route eleven and the intersection of U.S. Route eleven and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen on August fourth, just in time for Speedy Fest here in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I eighty-one to use exit six or exit four A to reach U.S. Route eleven. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That project should be completed by Monday, August 8th, and a signed detour route will be in place. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquago Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. There's going to be some cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 68 degrees overcast, 81% humidity. Today, a slight chance of showers before 8 a.m., then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., and then a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 79 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 84. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy, a low around 67. Thursday, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 90. Winds could gust as high as 22 miles per hour. Chance of rain, 60%. Thursday night, showers and thunderstorms likely before 11 p.m. Then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. And then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 68 and a 60% chance of rain. 650, you're listening to WMBF. Cashback is not a... Six fifty one on WMBF. Now it's time for Kim Commando. 
streaming video audiences are dwindling. And the biggest mystery is where are they going? Kim Commando with your Tuesday Tech Update, presented by The Current, the news you want with no ads. It's free at commando.com. Sign up today. I've been telling you about the trouble at Netflix. Millions are canceling their subscriptions, and even big blockbuster productions can't hold the audience. And Peacock, the NBC Universal streamer, is in even bigger trouble. This year alone, Peacock lost a million customers. Over the past three months, it could not attract any new viewers or accounts. It has only 27 million active accounts compared to the 220 million Netflix accounts. Both are losing subscribers. Worse yet, last week, management at some of the largest streamers, including Netflix and Peacock, signaled they will soon be pulling back those huge mountains of money they've been spending on big-budget productions, which will only worsen the drop in audience and subscribers. I post breaking tech news at my website 24-7. That's commando.com. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people who you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Kim. That's linkedin.com slash Kim to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash Kim. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn.com slash Kim. Mo. on WMBF. Time for another check on traffic and weather as we're closing out hour number one here of First News. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen on August 4th just in time for Speedy Fest in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That project should be completed by Monday, August 8th. 
a signed detour route will be in place. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. There's going to be some cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 68 degrees, overcast, 81% humidity. Today a slight chance of showers before 8 a.m., then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., and a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 79 degrees, chance of rain 20%. Tonight mostly clear, low around 57 degrees. Tomorrow sunny with a high near 84 degrees. Tomorrow night partly cloudy with a low around 67 Thursday, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 90 degrees, 60% chance of rain, and winds could gust as high as 22 miles per hour. Thursday night, showers and thunderstorms likely before 11 p.m., then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m., mostly cloudy, a low around 68 degrees, and a 60% chance of rain. It's 6.58. You're listening to WMBF. The best book. We're your pets, and this song's dedicated to those people who don't have health insurance yet. Enroll, we say, we want you to be okay. Enroll, we say, take care, people, for goodness sake. Health insurance is now affordable. It covers prescriptions, hospitalizations, and preventive care. Visit GetCoveredAmerica.org to learn more. And take care, people. Brought to you by Get Covered America and the Ad Council. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you hit that pinata into your neighbor's yard. Let it go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Closing out hour number one here of WNBF's first news, myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Coming up after two more hours of First News, we have Bob Joseph's Binghamton Now, our live and local talk show. That's your chance to call in, contribute to the program, talk about some local issues. But up next, we got ABC News. This is WNBS First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 7.04. 
We've lost a degree. Don't know where it went. 67 right now in Binghamton. Still have the dew point at 63. So it's quite on the uncomfortable, humid side. The forecast for today, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms for most of the day. Partly sunny otherwise and a high in the mid-80s. The National Weather Service is cautioning residents all over the Twin Tiers and central New York that the heat is expected to be back in a couple days, along with the high humidity, making for potentially health-threatening conditions. NOAA says highs for Binghamton on Thursday could reach the mid-90s with a low to mid-90s predicted for Shenango County. Combined with humidity, it could feel close to 100 degrees. According to a hazardous weather outlook issued by the National Weather Service Binghamton office this morning, forecasters say they expect to issue heat advisories later on as the heat and humidity build again in our region. When temperatures get extremely hot, the danger of heat exhaustion and heat stroke also are elevated. Health officials caution heat-related illness is a real emergency and medical attention should be sought for anyone showing signs of heat exhaustion or heat stroke. Heat stroke can be fatal. On the other hand, during the last hot spell, the Broome County Health Department encouraged people to only seek out hospital emergency departments in a real heat emergency, not just as a place to cool off. There are several areas residents who lack air conditioning can go to get out of the heat, including public libraries, senior centers, and stores. Time outside should be limited and anyone who has to work outdoors should pace themselves, do most of their exertion in the early morning or evening hours, stay hydrated, and take frequent breaks in the shade or air conditioning. The New York State Department of Environmental Conservation has issued a drought watch for 21 counties, but Broome is not in it. Among those counties that have been put under a drought watch are Tompkins, Chemung, and Onondaga counties. Broome, Shenango, Cortland, Delaware, and Tioga counties are not in the watch area. The DEC is encouraging residents in those areas to conserve water resources wherever possible. It can include limiting the amount of times that lawns are watered, raising cutting heights on the lawnmower to allow grass to grow longer, using collected water from humidifiers and air conditioners, for example, to water plants, cleaning driveways with a broom instead of a hose, and fixing leaking pipes, hoses, and faucets to make sure no water is going to waste. The drought watch was triggered after comparing the number of water level measures to past averages and included the precipitation, reservoir and lake levels, stream flow and groundwater levels. Recent rains have not been enough to put even a dent in the water deficit. WMBF First News Time, 7.07. A Bainbridge woman and dog are dead following a crash over the weekend in Delaware County. New York State Police say the name of the 58-year-old woman killed in the single vehicle crash in the town of Sydney has not been released. The woman's vehicle was traveling on Parker Hollow Road about a half mile north of Sunshine Mountain Road at a little after 7 Sunday night when it left the road, hit a tree, and burst into flames. Troopers say the vehicle was traveling north when it left the roadway for unknown reasons. The investigation is continuing and more information regarding the identity of the woman may be released pending notification of family. WMBF First News Time 707. Communities around Broome County are getting together to demonstrate resolve against crime tonight. National Night Out activities are planned at several locations. In the city of Binghamton, families are encouraged to gather between 5 and 8 p.m. at Recreation Park on the west side, Fairview Park, and the Sherry Lindsay Park. In Johnson City, National Night Out activities with creative artists, games, music, free snacks, and giveaways will be at the Shore 
Family Firehouse stage. That's on Willow Street at Corliss Avenue from 5.30 until 7.30 p.m. Endicott's activities will be at Park Street across from the police station from 6 to 8 p.m. In addition to promoting police and community partnerships and better relations, residents are provided with information on improving their neighborhoods to protect against crime. At the National Night Out events at Sherry Lindsay Park, the Broome County Health Department will be on site to provide COVID-19 vaccines and the Pfizer pediatric COVID booster that's for children ages 5 to 11. The owners of a popular sweet shop in Owego have purchased four Front Street properties for a planned expansion project in the village. Steve and Kim Crudy have operated Fuddy Duddies Confectionery and General Store on Lake Street for about three years, recently acquired the Front Street parcels that have been owned by Vestal businessman Adam Weitzman. Steve Crudy says the properties to the Court Street Bridge, which has been home to the Hand of Man store for many years, will become the new home of Fuddy Duddies. Crudy says some preliminary architectural drawings have been developed with an eye toward historic preservation of the existing structure, and they're working with county and state officials on potential funding opportunities. The property purchase includes two row houses and two green spaces that includes all the land adjacent to the bridge. Crudy says plans call for developing the green space into a park for community use and the opening of a European-style Christmas market. In 2018, Weitzman had proposed a sushi restaurant on the property next to the bridge and purchased the buildings next door and he ultimately scrapped his plans. It's 7.09 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Friday, on- News Radio 1290, WMBF. 7.10 on WMBF's first news. With myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. We're in hour number two now. Time for a check on traffic and weather. New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen on August 4th, just in time for Speedy Fest in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motors traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour, utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement starting on Monday, August 1st, this past Monday at 7 a.m. The project should be completed by Monday, August 8th, and a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road, the Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. 
Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pageburg roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. Around the county, there's going to be some cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards. And striping will take place on various county and town roadways. And mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 68 degrees overcast, 81% humidity. Today a slight chance of showers before 8 p.m., then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., then a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 79 degrees and a 20% chance of rain. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 57. Wednesday sunny with a high near 84. Wednesday night partly cloudy, a low around 67. Thursday, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 90 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 22 miles per hour, and there's a 60% chance of rain. Thursday night, showers and thunderstorms likely before 11 p.m., then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 68 and a 60% chance of rain. It's 714, you're listening to WMBF. Individual. WMBF. 7.15 on WMBF. Time for a sports update. For the Mets last night, Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor homered. Max Scherzer defeated his former team. And the New York Mets beat the Washington Nationals 7-3 for their seventh consecutive victory on the eve of ace Jacob deGrom's season debut. Washington slugger Juan Soto homered off Scherzer in what could be his final game with the Nationals. Soto, who walked in his other three plate appearances, is perhaps the biggest star who could be dealt before Tuesday's trade deadline. First place Mets could acquire some more pieces, but their biggest addition will likely be deGrom. The two-time NL Cy Young Award winner shut down in spring training with a stress reaction in his right scapula, has not pitched in the majors since July 2021, and will come off the injured list today. Starting against the Washington Nationals tonight. Yankees beat the Mariners 7-2. Home runs from Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge, and Jose Trevino. But the big news in Yankee land was at the trade deadline. On the trade front, The Yankees have bolstered their pitching for the stretch run in playoffs, obtaining starter Frankie Montas and reliever Lou Trevino from the Oakland Athletics for four prospects. New York sent Oakland 26-year-old rookie left-hander J.P. Sears along with three minor leaguers, 24-year-old left-hander Ken Waldachuk, 23-year-old right-hander Luis Medina, and 22-year-old infielder Cooper Bowman. Earlier in the day, the Yankees got Scott Efros, a 22-year-old rookie reliever from the Chicago Cubs, for Hayden Wesneski, a 24-year-old minor league right-hander. I talked a little bit about this in the first hour, but I'll go ahead and repeat myself. For those who might not have been awake at 6 a.m. like most human beings aren't, the Yankees made a lot of moves this trade deadline. And I would say at this point, Juan Soto is unlikely for the Yankees. They did still retain their top prospects in Anthony Volpe, Oswald Peraza, and Jason Dominguez. 
And, of course, they still have Glaber Torres, so if they were to work a trade for Juan Soto, I would assume all four of those players would be involved in that trade, as well as a few other minor league pitchers. The Yankees have a pretty good farm system at the time, but I think all Yankee fans can agree that in the past, let's say, five years or so, those top prospects haven't really worked out in the major leagues. You look at guys like Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar. Miguel Andujar, quietly begging for a trade from the New York Yankees, didn't get one yet. But it was reported that he was asking for a trade about a month ago, and still nothing. Clint Frazier over in Chicago right now, not having a great year for them. I remember Justice Sheffield, another former top Yankees prospect, bouncing in between AAA and the major leagues for Seattle. Now that Seattle's acquired Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds, I would imagine Justice Sheffield isn't really in the forefront of their mind for that last rotation spot. The Mariners right now rolling with Castillo and Robbie Ray, two very good pitchers. Very good. Robbie Ray, the reigning Cy Young Award winner in the American League, beat out Garrett Cole last year. And Logan Gilbert in his second year in Major League Baseball has been fantastic this year. As well as Marco Gonzalez, the soft-tossed and le- the soft-tossed and lefty. Big changeup guy, Marco Gonzalez. Very few pitches in baseball are as, effect- as effective as a good changeup. He's yet with a reliever like Devin Williams, now thrust into the closer role in Milwaukee. Likely, I would say that Milwaukee probably puts Devin Williams in that closer role and uses Taylor Rogers, recently acquired from the Padres, as a eighth inning or seventh inning guy. And Josh Hader heading over to the Padres in that trade. Padres probably not done. At this point, I would predict that the only team that's seriously involved in the Juan Soto trade talks are the Padres. I think it would be difficult for the Yankees to match any prospect haul that the Padres could offer Juan Soto, and they'd seem extremely motivated to do so. Of course, the St. Louis Cardinals also involved. But again, right now, as it stands, I think the Padres have the best chance of getting Juan Soto, or the Nationals will simply hold on to him, wait for the offseason, see if they can get a better deal then. But Juan Soto, at some point, will be on his way out of Washington. It's a matter of if, not when, or when, not if. No game for the Rumble Ponies last night. They're back in action tonight at TD Bank Ballpark, playing against the Somerset Patriots, speaking of Anthony Volpe. Game starts at 6.05, and if you're not planning on driving down to Somerset, you can listen right here on WMBF. Pre-game starts at 5.50 with Jacob Wilkins. Other sports news, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson was suspended for six games after being accused by two dozen women in Texas of sexual misconduct during massage treatments in what a disciplinary officer said was behavior more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. The punishment handed out by the game's disciplinary officer, former federal judge Sue Robinson, fell well short of what the NFL had asked for, an open-ended suspension of at least a year for violating the league's personal conduct policy. Watson, who played for four seasons with Houston, 
before being traded to Cleveland in March, recently settled 23 of 24 lawsuits filed by women alleging sexual harassment and assault during the treatments in 2020 and 2021. 722, you're listening to WMBF. Are you prepared? Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. And you know what that theme music means. It means that we are now joined by Karen Sweet O'Neill to tell us how to save money as always. Good morning, James. How are you? I am fantastic this morning. How are you, Karen? I am very well, thank you. You bet. Nice morning. Oh, it's, yeah, nice, hot, humid, overcast, beautiful morning here in downtown Binghamton. (laughs) We'll take it. Better than snow. Uh, That's true. I'm waiting for the snow. It'll get here eventually. But you have a little (laughs) preview for us for what we're going to be talking about tomorrow in the full segment. Right. What we're going to talk about is how to boost your tax benefits this year. And it's called the Saver's Credit. So it was formerly called the Retirement Savings Contribution Credit, and it's available to low- and moderate-income earners, James, who tuck away money for retirement, okay? So it boils down to, um, when the teaser here that we're going to talk about, you can get a credit worth as much as $2,000 if you're filing your tax return as a married couple. And if you're single, you can get a credit up to $1,000. Now, it can come in handy, obviously, if you're trying to reduce or wipe away your tax bill. So if you don't have a tax bill, if you don't owe money, then, excuse me, I frogged my throat this morning, then you wouldn't be eligible for the saver's credit, okay, or if your income tips over a certain threshold. So we're going to talk about those thresholds and, you know, how do you access that credit and what does it mean? And I'll tell you what, the whole basis behind it is that the government is saying, listen, if you're going to take part in some retirement savings, whether it's a 401k or an IRA, and, uh, you know, so you're trying to help prepare yourself for retirement, we're going to give you a little bit of a tax break and um, help you go forward with that. And, you know, anytime the IRS is willing to give you a little tax break, we pay attention to that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you're married and you file jointly, by the way, then your adjusted gross income can't exceed 68000 And for a lot of people, that's not a bad threshold because their asset level may be high, but their income level, once it's adjusted gross, can go down to that uh, 68,000 level. And so if you make over that, then chances are you aren't going to be able to use the saver's credit. But we'll go into the specifics tomorrow, and we are also going to talk a little bit about annual open enrollment that's coming up, and that's Medicare beneficiaries, James, that are um, looking to choose their coverage October 15th to December 7th, and we're already getting phone calls because we take them early and schedule appointments for that uh, time period because it gets extremely, extremely busy. Oh, yeah, I love that. Getting ahead on the work before the work gets ahead of you. (laughs) That's exactly right. 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I can't wait for that segment tomorrow because, well, I am, well, don't tell my boss that I said that. I am definitely one of those low-income people who needs a tax credit. Definitely, <laughs> definitely one of me. Well, what's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. Nobody <laughs> nobody tell my bosses that I said that on air. Nobody's listening. It's fine. Just, everyone be cool, but I'm definitely looking forward to taking in some of that information tomorrow. Oh, very good. And if people would like to reach us, they can give us a call at 607-772-4898. We're up on the Parkway, 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. Or they can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up or simply go to a phone book and we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. And don't remember to dial 607. That's important. It is for everything you do now in, the, in our area code, including, you know, calling into you or Bob. So got to do the 607, but especially for us. Oh, yeah. Especially, <laughs> well, you're, you're way more important than me and Bob out here. <laughs> Me and Bob oh, don't save Bob anybody's money. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll talk to Bob beforehand. I'll be like, listen, Karen's more important. She saves people money. We don't do that. We just talk. <laughs> but he at least lets me on so I can save people money. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. That's always great. And so do you. Yes. Yeah. Karen, thank you so much, and I'm really looking forward to that conversation tomorrow. Very good, James. Have a great day. You too. That's Karen Sweet O'Neill giving us a little preview of what to expect tomorrow in our weekly segment with Karen Sweet O'Neill, where we learn how to save money and get richer. That's what we all want, right? More money. 728, you're listening to WMBF. Research. WMBF. 729 on WMBF. Now it's time for an ABC Entertainment update. Entertainment News. The critically acclaimed HBO series Industry returned for season two last night, full of more debauchery and financial deals. Where's the evidence I should? And star Myhala Harold tells me it's not so awkward doing the sex scenes, but she doesn't care so much for the drug scenes. And when you combine the two... You know, it's powdered lactate, it's dry, and it's going up your nose, and you're doing take after take and it's building up and then it's running down the back of your throat and between takes you're like blowing your nose and then going and kissing sound. so like all of that is just a little bit messy industry season two airs monday nights on hbo the estate of marilyn monroe defending actress anna de Armas, who's playing monroe in the upcoming netflix movie blonde when i come out of my dressing room after the trailer recently dropped, many noted that Armis's thick Cuban accent isn't exactly gone, but the head of the group that owns Monroe's estate tells Variety that based on the trailer, it looks like Darmus was a great casting choice. And Grammy-nominated singer Charlie XCX is 30 today. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. The This is WNBS First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning, another hot and humid one for us, and it's only going to get worse as the week progresses. Currently 67 degrees in Binghamton. As far as the humidity, the dew point is in the very uncomfortable humid range at 63. Forecast for today, a slight chance of showers, possibly some thunderstorm activity as well, otherwise partly sunny and a high into the mid-80s. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has arrived in 
Malaysia for the second leg of an Asian tour that is being overshadowed by an expected stop in Taiwan, which would escalate tensions with Beijing, China. The local media in Taiwan reported Pelosi will arrive in Taipei on Tuesday night, becoming the highest ranking elected U.S. official to a visit in more than 25 years. Gas is getting cheaper by the new week. New numbers are in. The last time gas prices were at 4.19 a gallon was early May as they started to shoot up. The energy department says the average price nationwide for regular unleaded is now down to 4.19 a gallon, down 14 cents in the past week. Along the Gulf Coast, the average price is now 3.83 a gallon. California is at 5.43 a gallon. Americans are still paying over a buck more than we were a year ago, and AAA warns rising oil prices would indicate gas prices are likely to begin rising again soon. Alex Stone, EBC News. WMBF First News Time, 733. According to Broome County Court documents, a trial is expected to get underway this morning for a Colesville man accused of shooting and wounding a New York State trooper who had been responding to a suspicious person report in June of last year. 34-year-old Jason Johnson had been charged with two felony counts of attempted murder in the shooting of Trooper Becky Seeger on West Windsor Road the evening of June 9th. 2021. According to New York State Police accounts that night, authorities were called for a check the welfare request and a report of a suspicious person in the area of West Windsor Road and Thornhill Road at around 8.30 p.m. As troopers were on the scene, Trooper Seeger was shot in the hip area while a second trooper sustained shrapnel injuries during the gunfire exchanged with a suspect who opened fire on the, in that encounter. Investigators say Johnson fled the scene and became the center of a massive manhunt in northeastern Broome County that lasted about 21 hours. Acting on one of many tips to authorities, troopers were able to find Johnson along the banks of the Susquehanna River off Route 79 in Colesville at about 4.40 p.m. on June 10th. Johnson was taken into custody without further incident. He's being held in the Broome County Jail without bail. Trooper Seeger was released from Wilson Memorial Regional Medical Center days after the shooting, but has been dealing with a long recovery. Now, the court records do indicate that the proceedings in the Johnson attempted murder trial are due to be Begin at about nine this morning. Fire investigators are looking into the cause of a midday blaze yesterday that reportedly destroyed what was said to be an unoccupied house in the town of Richford. Firefighters from over a half dozen departments were called to Rockefeller Road between Chwalik Road and Sears Road shortly after 11 a.m. No injuries reported. Firefighters from nine departments called to the scene and found that house fully engulfed in flames. Real estate listings describe the structure as a two-bedroom, two-bathroom, single-family home, not currently listed on the market. Market, but it's not known how long it may have been vacant. Fire officials have not indicated where they thought that the fire had originated. The Binghamton City School District is holding a recruitment fair this week in hopes of hiring staff for several jobs, including substitute teachers, food service workers, bus drivers, and clerical staff. The event will be at the Columbus School Community Room on Friday from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. Participants are asked to bring a copy of their COVID-19 vaccination card, if applicable, a driver's license, and Social Security or passport. According to the literature concerning the recruitment fair, attendees will be able to interview Friday with the school district recruitment team and discuss employment opportunities. In addition to substitute teachers, the district is also looking for teaching assistants, aides, and monitors. It's 736, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Are you a local? 
7.38 on WMBF's First News. Myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Kathy White back in the building, back from vacation. Yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> kind of. Mentally still on vacation. I wish, yeah. yeah. Kathy, are you a cryptocurrency person? No. Good. I don't understand cryptocurrency. It makes, it, like, it doesn't make sense to me how crypto, like, you can just buy stock in Dogecoin or Bitcoin or whatever, but I just saw earlier today that a big cryptocurrency carrier, again, I don't understand how it works, but got hacked for like $190 million. And we've got a news release from the Attorney General's office about people that are being taken advantage of with the, the crash in the crypto market and everything else. The other thing I don't get is the, the what do they call the art that you get? It's oh, not the real. NFTs. It's not real, but you can buy it. It's like yeah, and okay, NFTs are the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I know, just by saying that, I know some crypto bro is going to get into my Twitter DMs and be like, "You just don't get it, man. It's a non fungible token. Nobody else can have this." Well, what do you mean? I screenshotted it. Yeah. I own it. I have it now. I have the same picture as you have. It yeah. just it doesn't have the little yeah. hexagon around it. But that anyway. stuff it makes no sense to me because it's like. We, well, we already have kind of a digital digital currency system. It's called credit cards and debit cards. Which I don't even like using those. I have one. I think, well, I, I have some store credit cards, which I rarely use. Yeah. I have one card that is designated for vet bills. And then I have one general credit card for if there's expenses that I just for some reason don't have the money on me or whatever. Yeah. See, I'm, the, I'm, I'm one of those like annoying people cash. that stands there and actually fishes in my wallet for exact change. Oh, man. that's Yeah, that's not great. Now, I don't like to carry cash because I find myself, and, and I come from the service industry. I was you know server, bartender for many years, so I always go out of my way to like tip extra on whatever 20% is, no matter how the service is. I don't care because I know people are working hard and doing their best, and you know sometimes people get caught up with another customer or whatever. I always tip a lot, but I find when I carry cash and I go out to a bar or something and I say, oh, it's time to tip. Well, here's a fifty dollar bill. Well, I, I don't know. I got a twenty here, so I might as well throw a twenty down. And now I've left like a forty percent tip, which is <laughs> a lot. And but when I have a credit card, I can just be like, okay, like usually I leave twenty percent. See, even if I'll we leave pay like by credit card, today. we usually tip in cash. Yeah, and, and cash cash is better for bartenders and servers and whatnot. Yeah. But, but I was even trying, with, I just yeah, over tip by so much more. Now, if there's somebody behind me in line, I will not go fishing. In you know the granny purse, looking for the pennies and things like that. Yeah. But if especially if I'm in a small business and there's nobody behind me and there's not like you know they're pressed for time or anything like that, I will go fishing for exact change because I figure with exa- with small businesses especially they can use it. Oh yeah, and you know what? I could use it too. I should use cash more often because my washing machine is it's a coin operated laundry machine, so I have to put actual quarters in it. And when I came up from Long Island. I had this giant jar of coins that, you know, you fill up the jar, you throw all your coins in there, and eventually you're like, wow, I have like $60 in here. I've been filling it up for four years. Um, Come into my office. I'll sell you some coins. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm running out of quarters already, have, and I'm I like really digging in there. I have a coins in my office. I, I can sell you some. Yeah, and my laundry machine is like not cheap. It's like $1.50 yeah, to do one load. There's a, There's been a couple times that we've had to run laundry down at the campground, and it's like I forgot how much, you know, back – when I was using coin, you know, a laundromat, which is a long time ago, it was it was pretty expensive throwing quarters in. But gee, I 
unbelievable. You know what the I did? Dryers are worse because it has to go through like four different cycles. Yeah, my dryer stinks. My dryer is yeah. terrible, and I always if I put like a lot of stuff in there, I have to run it twice. But I found that because I, you know. I'm a single guy. I only own so many clothes. I don't have to do like a family's worth of laundry. I found that it makes more financial sense for me to just buy more shirts and say, (laughs) I will, you know, I go to like Kohl's and buy like a $10 shirt and say, look, now I can fill this up more. And the amount of times that I'm doing laundry now has decreased. So eventually, well, if we had more rain, you could go down to to the the river and bang your stuff on a rock. (laughs) I would listen. I've driven past that river. I would never clean my clothes in it. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's not for me. But that's another whole story. I'll tell you later. Oh yeah, that's like you know back in the day when people were like, yeah, whatever. We'll go swimming in the dirty, dirty river. No, no, no. This was for work, actually. You swam in it for work. They allowed that. No, they. I had to have a rope tied around my waist and swim across by the Court Street Bridge. For what? It was something called Pops on the River, where we floated an orchestra out on the river, Ah. and we had effects and stuff that flew over the river. And the tow line for Superman to fly across the river had to get across the river. And with all the fixtures on the bridge, it couldn't be just carried over. And it's there's a deep trench in the middle. And I didn't know there was a body in there. But, um, yeah. Have you ever done a polar plunge? No. Oh, polar plunges. That's dumb. It's actually pretty cool. I did one when I was living out in Long Beach on Long Island. We lived like 50 feet from the beach. So, yeah. oh, whatever, it's for charity. Like, I'll go out and I'll jump in the ocean and... I tricked myself. It was the first polar plunge I had ever done. And I jumped in the first time, went underwater. And I was like, actually, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Got out. And when you get out, that's like the cold part. You're like, oh, now the wind is hitting me. It's like 30 degrees and I'm soaking wet out here. Now I'm a little bit cold. So I said, you know what? I'll go in again because the water really wasn't that bad. I'll go in again, get wet again. The second time you go in during a polar plunge, that's when it really hits you. Like, I guess the first time your body's in, like, shock. It's like, oh, hold on. I don't like the cold winter waters. And the second time I went in, I was I stayed in for, like, four seconds. I was like, nope, can't do this. Can't List do this of dumb all. things we have done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not skydiving. <laughs> Not skydiving, though. It's 744 on WMBF. Almost three. It's all natural and drug-free at Navage.com, Walmart, Walgreens, CDS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, and Target. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Almost three million people use Navage to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner that helps flush out airborne germs with powered suction. But what do doctors have to say about Navage? Here's Dr. Tonya Farmer, a board-certified ear, nose, and throat specialist. Most airborne allergens and viruses enter through your nose. When that happens, it can cause congestion and irritation, and that just makes you feel miserable. You can get a cold, you can get flu, sinus infections, or even worse. Flushing your nose with a saline solution is the most effective way to flush all of those dangerous threats out of your nose. So now when patients come in my office, I tell them I highly recommend that you use Navage on a daily basis for overall good health and wellness. And Navage is all natural and drug-free at Navage.com, Walmart, Walgreens, CDS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, and Target. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Seven forty-seven on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. 
The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen on August 4th, just in time for Speedy Fest here in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to Exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is close to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That work started yesterday, and the project should be completed by Monday, August 8th. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquago Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. There's going to be some cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 67 degrees, 87% humidity. Today a slight chance of showers before 8 a.m., then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., and a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m., but partly sunny with a high near 79, 20% chance of rain. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 57. Tomorrow sunny with a high near 84. Tomorrow night partly cloudy, a low around 67. Thursday, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 90 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 22 miles per hour, and chance of rain is 60%. Thursday night, showers and thunderstorms likely before 11 p.m., then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., and a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 68 and a 60% chance of rain. At 7.50, you're listening to WMBF. on WMBF. Now it's time for ABC's Tech Trends. From ABC News Tech Trends, building the foundations of the metaverse is proving difficult for big tech. Matthew Ball is a venture capitalist and author of the new book, The Metaverse and How It Will Revolutionize Everything. He says the metaverse is a theory about the future of the Internet, one that is composed of three-dimensional virtual spaces. Ball says a big part of that will rely on virtual reality technology. But tech giants like Meta and Microsoft have struggled to make practical VR headsets. When you want a high-power device that sits on your face, you worry about 
the weight. You worry about the heat it generates. And all of these make hardware, which is always hard, particularly challenging. Ball says VR technology is just one piece of the metaverse plan, but it's important nonetheless. Many believe that it is an important part of extending the metaverse, increasing and expanding access to it, and ushering in new generations. With Tech Trends, I'm Jim Ryan, ABC News. I'm Kathy. on WMBF. Do a quick check on sports as we're closing out hour number two here of First News. Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor homered. Max Scherzer defeated his former team, and the New York Mets beat the Washington Nationals 7-3 for their seventh consecutive victory on the eve of ace Jacob deGrom's season debut. Washington slugger Juan Soto homered off Scherzer in what could be his final game with the Nationals. Soto, who walked in his other three plate appearances, is perhaps the biggest star who could be dealt before Tuesday's trade deadline. First place Mets could acquire some more pieces, but their biggest addition will likely be DeGrom coming back tonight against the Nationals. The two-time NL Cy Young Award winner, shut down in spring training with a stress reaction in his right scapula, hasn't pitched in the majors since July 2021. And will come off the injured list tonight. The Yankees beat the Seattle Mariners last night. Got home runs from Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge, and Jose Trevino had two. Judge's 43rd home run of the season, making a strong case for MVP this year. As he heads into free agency, unable to come to a contract extension deal with the New York Yankees this past offseason. The Yankees also traded for Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino, and Scott Efros. Montas and Trevino from the Oakland Athletics. Solid pitchers. Montas, an established Major League starter. Trevino, formerly a fantastic reliever. Hasn't really been good in a couple of years here. But working his way back, maybe the Yankees see something they can adjust. Scott Efros, a rookie reliever for the Chicago Cubs. He has five years left of team control, having a pretty good season so far. 266 ERA. So another guy who, formerly mostly unknown by teams, could turn into a pretty big piece for the Yankees down the stretch this year. As they're likely destined for the postseason, trying to round out the rotation. That does bring up some interesting questions about what would the Yankees do when they switch to a four-man rotation to the playoffs, if they switch to a four-man rotation for the playoffs. Obviously this year the playoffs a little bit expanded. And no more one-game wildcard play-ins. It's going to be a full series now. But if you're the Yankees, you have, let's say, Garrett Cole, Frankie Montas, or Definites. Jamison Tyone, probable for that four-man rotation. And for that last spot, you're kind of vying in between Nestor Cortez Jr., Luis Severino, health assumed, and Jordan Montgomery, the big left-handed pitcher for the Yankees. A guy who really hasn't gotten much run support. has pitched very well this year, for the most part. Last month struggling a little bit, but no doubt he'll turn that around. Kind of the unsung hero of the Yankees' rotation over the last few years. A guy who really hasn't gotten a lot of support out of his offense and isn't really an exciting pitcher. Doesn't throw particularly hard. The curveball is impressive. CC Sabathia once said that Jordan Montgomery had the most deceptive curveball he's ever seen. 
and statistically has one of the highest release points on his pitches in all of Major League Baseball. So a deceptive pitcher and an effective one that really thrives on ground balls, but obviously that's a little bit less exciting than Garrett Cole blowing 99, 100 miles per hour past everybody who steps into the box. So we'll see how that works out. No game for the Rumble Ponies last night. They'll play again tonight at Somerset, 6.05 start. If you're not planning on making the drive down there, you can listen right here on WMBF. Pre-game starts at 5.50 with Jacob Wilkins. 758, you're listening to WMBF. For nearly this is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. News Radio 1290, WMBF. Hour number two coming to a close here of WMBF's first news. Myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Coming up next, after the third hour of First News, we'll have Bob Joseph's Binghamton Now, our live and local talk show. Your chance to call in, contribute to the program, ask Bob about some local issues going on in the Binghamton area. We'll have another newscast from Kathy after ABC News.